whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. When Logan Caldwell Block was here talking about Little Shop of Horrors, we drifted into a discussion of Mencken and Ashman's Disney work, how it holds up, and how it compares to subsequent Disney musicals. We joined the conversation almost mid-sentence talking about Howard Ashman. Like you say, the the scores, the Mencken and Ashman Disney scores are unparalleled. And make me ache for the Aladdin we could have had is that is that really like I just ache in general for the Ashford musicals yeah, we didn't get. Like really... he should have been teaching people to write books. He would have I mean it would have been he would have been a a, a great grand old man of the theater. Mm-hmm. I mean in, in that in that sense. Because you get the sense from what I've seen of him and his interviews that he did give, he did understand the responsibility of his success and he never oh, got yeah. to reap the benefits of it unfortunately no he never even saw finished beauty and the beast which yeah. kills me because it, it's his oh masterpiece yeah um yeah i mean he it, it's little shop is also linked to those disney movies more than i think people always mm-hmm. realize in ways like as alan minkin says uh part of your world is also known as somewhere that's wet because <laughs> it is the exact <laughs> same song would it be somewhere that's dry yeah i guess <laughs> His joke is somewhere that's, that's wet. That's but, funnier. But somewhere that's wet is funnier, but that's, <laughs> that's true. Poor Unfortunate Souls is just feed me, reshuffled. Yeah. And why not? They're, why not? They're, they're great. They're brilliant but they're moments not, they're only, in storytelling. It's only in concept that they are... Yeah, they re, don't sound not, like the same. They don't sound the same. Well, Actually, okay. part of your world does sound yes. a little bit like does have that, that's that's <laughs> Yes, that's true. But that's Mencken. That's not Ashman. We'll get, like, it, there is, yes, okay, maybe we'll strike that. But <laughs> that's fine. But... <laughs> But it is that, like, just, again, it's that thing of, like, this is the I want song. This is the villain song. This is the, the you know, whatever song that is. Here it comes. Here it comes at you very clearly. Yeah. And it's this thing that, like, that does not happen ugh, in Lion King in a way that makes me angry. Like, yeah. a song like Be Prepared, it, 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 it is... The first time you hear it, Be Prepared is amazing because it sounds like it's one of those funny things. I think Tom Stoppard once said, Wagner's music is not as good as it sounds. That's how I feel about the score to The Lion King. It's not as good as it sounds. Like you really, the first time you say, oh my God, this is incredible. And then you, the, if you dig into it, even a tiny bit, it falls apart right in front of your eyes. It doesn't have that second layer to it. And that's also kind of how I feel about some of the songs in Aladdin. They don't, they don't quite go they're not they're not tight they're not completely held together and the way that i think all of the songs in this show uh, in little shop are and also all the songs of beauty and the beast they are they are tight they they hold to each other very yeah, very well yeah and they also are all directly related to the plot you know like a, something like a be prepared which is fine and it, and it works because it's animated so well and it's very mm-hmm. evocative the imagery they use but like there's a big difference there's a wide gulf between that and a poor unfortunate souls, yeah. which has this scene in the middle of it, and then wrenches into this just off the rails final thing, in which yeah. you understand why she's going to give all this up yeah. to, to enter this contract. And feed me is the same way. Like, yeah, that is or get it if we're going to be technical here. Um, which no, it's called feed me. I don't care. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I will respectfully disagree with Mister A- Mrs. Ashman and Mencken. Mm-hmm. That it's called feed me. <laughs> and Aladdin is so funny too because. The songs are one thing, but I also don't think the plot of Aladdin has the same integrity that 
Well, I actually think none of those Disney movies plots have the integrity that. Oh, I thought you were about to talk smack on Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, and I was going to have to. On the plots? <laughs> talk to me. Talk okay, to me. which one? Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Okay, Beauty and the Beast. Good, you picked the easier one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's the timeline of Beauty and the Beast, the oft fabled yeah, that's that's an issue timeline, which is a, it's a I'll tell you what it's a huge. The more I watch that movie, the more like that is a it, and you show why they change it in every subsequent thing of being like not his twenty first birthday because the implications like for Chip alone of the fact that like he's been a beast for I mean like if, if he's gonna turn twenty one. I, I did this. Oh, it's uh, because Lumiere has the line 10 well, years, 10 yeah, years 10, we've been yeah, resting, yeah. which means that a, a sorceress came to this house, found a, a spoiled 11 year old living alone mm-hmm. and decided he was too spoiled. I don't know if you've ever met an 11 year old boy, white boy. They're pretty spoiled. And mm-hmm. if a, one was living on his own only with his servants, they'd be super spoiled because I don't know what happened to that kid's parents. It also implies like Chip, who is like six, has been six for 10 years. Sure. There's an arrested development issue there, obviously. It, it it all like it just completely it's funny gets too because and there's also the Stockholm syndrome ness of it, which is sure I think very much most apparent in that original, actually excuse me least apparent in the original animated movie. It doesn't fe- that's the one that doesn't feel as Stockholmy to me. No, because I think they do a much better job of her never. Her captivity always feels a lot more. I don't know, like like she's less trapped than in the like in the Broadway version and in the uh, in the I, later movie. I guess when I think of when I'm talking about the plot integrity of those movies, first of all, it's interesting to talk about the timeline because Howard was really upset with the way that ended up in the movie. Oh, really? Because you'll remember at the beginning of that movie, he's pictured as an adult yes. when all this is happening, and yeah. he wanted very much. There's a famous story that he wanted the the young prince, the image of the young prince, and the animators didn't like it because they thought it was going to look like um, Eddie Munster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, true. Okay. And, and apparently he was um, not happy with that. Ah, with that particular decision. Uh-huh. But he ended up losing. But anyways, right. um, like with the Beauty and the Beast, you're you're still working with a fairy tale, right? So like, no, an 11 year old would never be living by themselves. And of course, there would be a, a but I'm, I'm willing to look past that. What I think more is about the fact that they wrote a kid's movie in which it really is a love story Mm -hmm. and not a like oh I see you and we're suddenly in love it's a slow hard Mm -hmm. one love story like the um something there is the most sensitive song and it's in a kid's cartoon yeah there's something sweet and almost kind but he was mean and he was coarse and unrefined and now he's dear and so unsure I wonder why I didn't see it there before this way I thought I saw and when we touched she didn't shudder at my paw no it can't be I'll just ignore but then she's never looked at me that way before it's nuts Mm -hmm. so no, I, I'm going to overlook the, the, your points because there are personally. two well there are two different there are two different things you can talk about and call it plot issues we can talk about it from the sense of story structure which is what I'm talking about but if you're talking about Character motivations, clearly understood, songs also tying into the world organically 
and things like that. Like if that's what you're talking about in terms of plot tightness, then yes, Beauty and the Beast and uh, Little Mermaid have that an intrinsic tightness to them that Aladdin doesn't have. It does, but not as much. And Lion King really doesn't. I mean, Lion King being Hamlet, of course, you can't go wrong if you can steal, steal from the No, best. and it's funny because they're great movies. Yeah. Like, n- nowhere do I not want to sit and watch Aladdin. It's just, Beauty and the Beast is a masterpiece. Yes, it really is. I'll just say, with Little Shop and with anything based on a fairy tale, Little, Shop and, uh, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, certainly, there is some uh, suspension of disbelief that you're going to oh, have sure. to do. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And... I think when I talk about strength of plot, it's what happens on top of that suspension of disbelief. It's and also maybe mine is different. Well, from no, but you. You, it, I guarantee <laughs> it is. I guarantee it is. But um, there's also the idea of how much you care, uh, mainly because of how much are you like, how much time are you given to care? Like I've lately, because I don't have a lot of time to watch things. Uh, I've been revisiting all the James Bond movies because I love James Bond and it's just, I can watch them. I've seen them all a hundred times. And what's striking to me is that none of the plots of any James Bond movie actually makes sense. Sure. But if the movie's good enough, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not thinking about the plot. I'm thinking about, I'm rushed along in the story. So like Beauty and the Beast didn't start to bug me from a plot standpoint until I was in my 30s and watching it for the fifth time that week with my son. And Mm -hmm. I was just like... Wow, some weird stuff going on here. But it took that many viewings for me mm-hmm. to care. And then you watched Little Mermaid and wondered why she's able to sign her name but can't oh write my the God, prince a note. Yes. Hey, P.S. I saved your life, but I lost my voice. There is so- <laughs> Please kiss me. <laughs> it is. What well, it's also the thing of like the thing that drives me nuts in Aladdin lately is the idea of like so we've got this genie. Right? And it's not even the wishing for more wishes thing, which I'm glad they kind of deal with in that line. Yeah. It's the thing of when he goes. <laughs> He's like, I have to choose in this moment between letting the genie free or being a prince. And I understand from a character standpoint, yes, he has to make that sacrifice. And it's beautiful. It's a beautifully done moment. Gives me chills, especially since Robin Williams died. But if the genie can be subservient to multiple people at the same time, why don't we just hand that lamp over to Jasmine? Jasmine gets three wishes, and then we set genie free with Aladdin's last wish. Everybody still keeps their promise and blah, blah, blah. Bear's mentioning set the genie free, and then the genie is free to turn him into a prince. I know, I don't understand. Which is why magic is a very tricky plot it point is. to get into. Magic and time travel. Just mm-hmm. don't don't mess. If you're going to mess, actually, if you're going to mess, know what you're doing. And luckily, J.K. Rowling did. But by the way, all of that is clearly why Howard Ashman cared so much about expediency of of storytelling but mm-hmm. also just pacing because when you're telling these crazy stories you cannot give your audience time to right. start to having start thinking those about thoughts this. Yes, absolutely. because you go with it. One of my favorite Howard Ashman things it, because of that but also because it, he, it was, it's such a great transition between spoken dialogue and singing is he loves to do um rhythmic dialogue yes in little shop the only one that's on the album is the um what is it you want what is it you need blink mm-hmm. and grow for me but um also uh little mermaid you have your looks yeah your, your pretty, pretty face, face yeah. and my favorite in beauty and the beast is marie the baguettes hurry yep. up dun dun yeah and, and i don't know if you know again. smile but there's like bajillions of them in smile because smile is this uh just kind of never stopping nonstop storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so it has to, it has to keep going like mm-hmm. that. What well, it has, it's I, something I rediscovered also with Sheldon Harnick doing a lot. And Joe Mastroff in she loves me with having just re- since it was just on PBS, we've been watching that a bunch in this house. 
and it's the way the songs flow in and out of the dialogue in that show is 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 remarkable. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely unbelievable that you have like a Broadway musical from the 60s that has, I don't know, what, 40 songs in it that average about a minute and a half long, and they come seamlessly in and out of dialogue in a way. That's actually the thing that I I wish people talked more about uh, in terms of the Sound of Music movie. The way they get yeah. in and out of songs mm-hmm. is so ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. The, it's better than the stage show. Oh, it's it way is, better. It is the, the, there is a clunkiness to the stage version of, of Sound of Music. Uh, which I have to say, the the live TV broadcast did a pretty good job of pasting over some of the clunkier moments. Mm-hmm. On stage, there's some hard crashes, mainly because of set transitions. Like you get, it just gets very low. But I mean, part of that is like the way it uses the songs. But but um, I can't remember the lyrics, so this isn't going to be a great example. But the way they get into uh, favorite things, where she yeah, starts listing things, roses, and then suddenly we're kittens, in the songs. Yeah. <laughs> The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Logan Colwell Block for coming down and talking with me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. I've got you to lean on. We've got you to lean on.